0: Hey, everyone. Before we get to our main topic, which is the summer 2015 retrospective, Ben and I, we're going to quickly give you guys our brief overview or brief review of the Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh, it's all wrapped up. Uh, we're not going to do a whole episode like we did for WandaVision just because, well, Ben, I think this was, this was kind of more straightforward than WandaVision. There's not a whole lot to talk about unlike mm-hmm. WandaVision. I think what's fun to talk about is what comes after mm-hmm. with this show more than what happened during the show. Um, You know, overall, I mean, just talking about the finale real quick. It was a good finale. You know, I I don't think it was as good as WandaVision's finale. I think, uh, you know, you and I texted over the weekend Mm -hmm. that they kind of rushed over some stuff that I wish they didn't. Really, mainly the stuff for Sharon Carter, the whole power broker. I think everyone kind of assumed she was a power broker. That wasn't really like a big reveal. Right. It was more the way they executed it. I kind of wish they had done it better where mm-hmm. we had gotten some more time, you know, it have been nice. We needed an episode like we did for episode eight, where WandaVision they go back and they were sure. revisit yeah. was past. I would have liked to have seen maybe not a whole episode with Sharon, yeah. but like at least like have like take a majority of the episode just to kind of focus. How did Sharon get to this point now? Yeah. Maybe they'll explore that in a future show, or t- or or you know, maybe the new Captain America four, which I doubt. But because you know Sam and Bucky, they don't know that she's the power broker right. Right now, so. Maybe they'll explore that in Captain America Four. Who knows? But well, first of all, what what were your thoughts on the finale?
1: Yeah, I was a little underwhelmed. Like you said, I I thought it was a little, a little lower rating than the one division finale, and I wasn't super high on that one either. Right. Um, So yeah, like you said, Sharon Carter. Wish we had more time. It was kind of a double whammy because it was obvious that it was her. She was the only (laughs) remaining character, really, that it could be, and and we didn't get a whole lot of backstory or or build up to that. So that was kind of double downer but um yeah and then john walker coming back his his character i i liked i guess he was a good you know mm-hmm. didn't know what who to, to to trust him at first or not and then he turned into a good antagonist but then his his redemption in quotations was like really quick right um or at least them fighting alongside him but i mean, I guess they at that moment they thought they had to because they he was going to help him out so i understand that but then Uh, I don't know. And I guess we don't have the government stance really on on him at the moment. We just had Julia Louis-Dreyfus' character uh, giving him a suit. So maybe that'll go differently in the
0: future. I feel like we're going to like her character more once we see Black Widow. So right now I'm kind of like whatever on her character just because she's been in like two scenes in both. But (laughs) her her intro scene was like, I liked it. Yeah, I'm just like, I want to know more than this scene, I was like, okay, yeah. Were you just were you just, there just so we could become U.S. agent? I mean, I and that was whatever kind of reveal. So I'm hoping in Black Widow we get a little bit more clarity on, mm-hmm. you know, what maybe what her role is because clearly she's going to be some kind of force in the MCU moving forward. So yeah, what role that is, I hope you find out in Black Widow.
1: Yep, and then yeah, overall it was just kind of it was a lot of fighting, which I know
0: they had to do, but
1: and it, it's just the I, I like the action scenes; they were cool, but then it was just that the whole time. I didn't feel any uh, stakes
0: with the action scenes, to be honest with you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they were cool to look at. I just, I didn't feel, at least with WandaVision, I felt the sense of stakes there because Wanda, mm-hmm. you know, she's trying to save her family, you know, and, uh, you know, when, when she was, a little spoilers for WandaVision, when she has to break the hex for a second and watching mm-hmm. her, kid, you know, so the, the townspeople can leave and just watching her family die. That was, you know, that was, I, I, you felt those stakes. Here, I was like, I don't really care about these government people. They can die for all I care. They're all shady anyway. I'm, yeah. you know, I just This was more of just a show, okay, here's Sam as the foul. Here's Sam as the new Captain America. And the outfit was, well, I like the costume a lot. I like the, love the that. Yeah, yeah. I like the costume reveal. He, he breaks into that window, and oh, uh, yeah. I think it's one of
1: the first things he says. And someone asks him, like, who are you? I guess because they don't recognize him. And he just without stopping, he keep walking, and he, he's like, I'm Captain America. Yeah. I love that.
0: Yeah. I, I like that. I just, I think I told you this when we texted the other day, I, this needed to be longer than what it was. This would have benefited from 60 to 70 minutes. This need to be a longer finale. I wonder if, because they shot this before even COVID even happened. I'm curious though, if COVID got in the way of them kind of flushing some more stuff out. I'm not, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure. I actually thought War Machine was going to, or Rhodey was going to come back for this episode.
1: Right, because yeah.
0: Sam said I, I bought some help. I was like, Oh, maybe you called roadie and turned out to be sharing. I was like, Oh, okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. Nice to be sharing there. Um, because you know, Rodi be- set back in the first episode was like, You know, I'll be in touch. I was like, Oh, all right, maybe we'll see roadie again. Nope, mm-hmm. oh, nope, okay. So clearly, that was just a nice little quick cameo. And I don't know why they had to announce it like on deadline of the writer that roadie was coming back when he was just in one scene whatever oh
1: yeah it <laughs> made a big deal
0: yeah man i was like oh man it's gonna be a mole at least in like maybe two episodes maybe oh cool no it's just one scene but yeah the finale was under i want to say underwhelming i i just expected more mm-hmm. but Whelming. that aside the character stuff worked a lot in this episode for me J- especially that conversation between sam and isaiah yes and then them going to the Smithsonian. That was my favorite part. I, I, yeah, that that was my favorite part too, man. I, I love that and then just seeing Bucky happy again, like really really happy. Sam and then now they're truly you feel that friend, that bond, you know, when they're just kind of you know, they're going to that montage of them hanging out together back at Sam's place. Yeah. I really love that and I love that final shot of them just, you know, kind of, you know, going to hang out with their family together and yeah, so that all that stuff worked for me. I, it was kind of just the superhero stuff just was like whatever. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'll just give just get more of the stuff when they're not in costumes and fighting each other that stuff's more interesting so yep i don't know what do you think about that man
1: yeah no i totally agree and that's why episode five was one of my favorites too because that was a lot of them uh you know them two working on the ship and everything and it was a lot more character build up and and development there yeah but but overall i mean i solid. i guess i think wandavision was was really at least the first well, yeah, most of the episodes were were like really good and something crazy, yeah, um, that we hadn't seen before. And I remember episode four. I just I out loud I said, "Whoa, this is cool!"
0: Oh yeah. Um, yeah.
1: But I I didn't I didn't get a moment exactly like that here, except for <laughs> Sam announcing he was Captain America. I did clap at that point. But yeah, solid yeah, this, solid overall.
0: This just felt more like world building for things to come, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, that's kind of how this finale and kind of the show overall. This was really good character work for Sam and Bucky. I really, really like that. Zemo, too, he was probably he's probably my MVP, of besides those two and John Walker. I mm-hmm. really love the stuff they did with Zemo. It just wasn't there, just wasn't that sense of this show is always going to have an uphill battle because WandaVision was so good and just so fresh. Yeah. This did feel like your typical MCU thing, which is fine. I think we kind of need that after WandaVision. So maybe my expectations were just a little too high for this show. But I I think overall, I still enjoyed it. The Flag Smashers were kind of like the Malakith of the show. They were they were there just oh to kind gosh. of move the characters forward. I don't want yeah. to get into a whole big thing about the Flag Smashers. I really just want to focus on the positives here. Because there's, there's a lot of positives to take away from this show. Overall, yeah, like I said, good world building for stuff to come. Really good character work for Sam and Bucky. And, and bravo to Marvel for actually tackling race, like real world issues. I love that a lot. I applaud them for that for taking that risk on or yep. taking that challenge on.
1: Yeah. I think they did really well with that presenting uh, like almost every episode and with the, the, the writing I thought was yeah. done really well. Absolutely. And then also shout out to the music. It came to, to grow on me. I think I said on an Instagram live before I wasn't thrilled by it. I'm but, still uh, not
0: thrilled. with it. I, I thought it was kind of weak. Like, <laughs> I, I like the water vision score a whole lot more. Oh thing.
1: yeah. No, I do too. But uh, I kind of, I kind of trashed it earlier, but I, Henry Jackman did do uh, I thought pretty well I, I like the wonder or the wonder the uh winter soldiers theme a lot and so yeah. when it comes up it was cool plus i noticed he sprinkled in some um of captain america's theme yep, and uh some civil war themes when they were yep. there some infighting and stuff so i don't know some of those little callbacks i think are, are neat
0: i just don't think he's been able to top his wonder soldier theme his Winter soldier score though uh you know about civil war yeah. for all of about civil war i thought the score was. Some good, some good and some bad, but I think the one, just the one of Soldier score as a whole, I think is probably still his best in terms of the MCU. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah, for where we go from here, we're getting to Captain America 4. My biggest question really now is, Ben, it's not even about Sam and Bucky. Where the hell is Captain America? Like Steve Rogers, where the hell is he? Is He's he on, actually is. on the moon? Because <laughs> uh, they, they said it now, like, what, like two or three times now? So, yeah. throughout the series, I thought we were going to get him in the finale like, a post credits scene. Clearly, I was wrong. So, which I, I'm actually, I'm glad. Yeah. It didn't happen. I'm glad it didn't happen because obviously they're probably going to save that for a movie. And if it's Captain America 4, so be it. You know, I can wait because that's probably not going to come out till like 2023, 2024.
1: It's probably gonna yeah. not going to come
0: out until sometime in phase five. But
1: yeah, it might just be like an end credit <laughs> scene of him sitting on the moon, a little joke mm-hmm. or something. Yeah, I mean, well, obviously before...
0: it's a bigger thing than what we're making it out to be. I think it, I, there's a lot more at stake with Cap being on the moon than I think what we're led to believe right now or wherever he is. Okay. If, he's not, if, if that's just a rumor, it's a rumor, you know, and he's just alone fishing by himself. I, I don't know. I, I I don't know if he's on the moon or not. I'm just saying yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we did see old man Cap for the series. I'm glad they stuck to, you know, yep. Sam and Bucky. You know, you and I have said millions and millions of times we don't want to see Cap come back at the moment or Tony. So I'm glad that didn't happen. But it's clear that Cap's coming back at some point. At least that's, that's the way I see it.
1: Yeah, there's been rumors swirling around. So I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, I think uh, I think we'll get some Madripoor again. Um, oh, for sure. That was <laughs> introduced here, and I guess, do you think Sharon will be in a in a sequel to the show or Captain America four?
0: Oh, it up. depends on what comes first. <laughs> yeah, and that's probably Captain America four. So she might even come back in Armor Wars or or something like that. I wouldn't be surprised she came back for like for for a roadie show or.
1: Mm, that's true
0: uh you know she could fit well there because clearly she's up to no good so you can fit her really anywhere well not anywhere but you know more of the ground based those grounded shows yeah Uh, you know so maybe Armor wars and maybe captain america 4 but it's clear she'll be back (laughs) and real quick did that happen
1: in the comics where she turned bad? ben i don't know or do you know that i don't know because i do not know I say it was obvious that she was the power broker, but then she kind of gives right. that, you know, evil smile and stuff. And Colin, I was like, I'm a little right now. I'm a little upset that she was uh, she turns bad. But I I mean, I'm I guess not. it's I guess it's because I feel like we didn't get enough build up like we were saying earlier.
0: Yeah, I'm not. because I I, I kind of like the way they t- took her character. She felt she feels betrayed and now she's going to she's going to turn her back on the government. She's going to use them now. Yeah. So I that I'm okay with. I just needed some clarity on what I I, I just wanted to see what happened to her between Civil War and now
1: up to this point. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: I still I, 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 I want to know if she got dusted or not because that that wasn't clear. So what just, was she doing anything during that time the five year time jump? I don't know. Because mm-hmm. to me it sounds like she wasn't dusted and she used that she's been using this time to kind of make a name for herself. So yeah. But yeah, yeah that I think yeah. that'll do it, Ben. I think. We both agree that that WandaVision was clearly probably the better show, but this was a, this was a nice kind of it was nice getting that for, the formula like MCU. I I I did enjoy that. I just I needed some more time. I think this would have benefited from being at least seven episodes. Yep, uh, seven or eight. Yeah, seven or eight. So, but yeah, overall, it's still a good show. It's not top ten MCU for me. It's probably it's in my top seventeen, eighteen. It's it's somewhere in that range, man. I just WandaVision was just so different, so unique, you know. Uh, but I, I would say the mcu disney plus plus stuff is off to a good start it's off to a really good start mm-hmm. yeah so, you know, super go ahead
1: super excited for uh, loki coming up yeah.
0: next. yeah we got loki coming up next uh june eleventh. that's the first episode i think that's also going to be six episodes so hopefully they'll you know we'll, we, we won't get Owen wilson just for like one or two episodes but wow wow so uh ben anything else before we lock before we uh send the viewers off to the main topic
1: uh, just hope you guys enjoy the, the rest of the episode and let us know your thoughts on the Falcon Winter Soldier show and finale.
0: Yeah, All right, guys. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Infinity Film Podcast, the greatest film podcast on planet Earth. I am one of your hosts, Roger Lipshot. And of course, I never do these podcasts alone. So please give a warm welcome to my other host, Benjamin Saunders, Benjamin. Welcome back. What, what a beautiful this. day, Rod. Oh, I had a feeling that was going to be it. Mm-hmm. I knew that was going to be your pun. I, <laughs> it was either going to be that, or I thought you were going to say there. There are no strings on me. Ah, oh, that would have been good too, yeah. Man, we've been doing this series of summer movie retrospectives and talking yes. about our favorites, these favorites, and we've gotten twenty ten to twenty fourteen and. Chucking, wrong, chucking right along here, so let's let's go back five years. I go, Ben. Ben mm-hmm. and me were just wee little boy scout. And, uh, uh, sure, yeah. Let's 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 take a look at 2015. Now, Ben, this was a highly highly anticipated summer for me. I'm not mm-hmm. sure about you, but of course, the big. I think for a lot of people, I think most people were trying to get over summer so we can get to December because The Force Awakens was coming out. <laughs> right, um, right. It Was kind of. That was the event film of last year, or last year, 2015. In my, yeah. That was the event film. But there was another little event film that came out in 2015 then, and that was the follow-up to 2012's Avengers. That's Avengers Age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. Uh, then the trailers came out. That first trailer came out. It was so dark. It was gritty, the no strings. And I was, dude, chills, goosebumps. I was hyped. I was like, all right. You know, yeah. Of course, you know – The sequel you always go darker you take more risks and everything and so the movie comes out and i actually because i was just this came out literally the week after my freshman year of college so i was just coming back home and uh of went out with friends i took my mother we went into we went in the solid opening night
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and uh, it was actually because she saw this before the first avengers actually Uh, oh wow yeah you know packed house a lot of fun while this wasn't as good as the first avengers been it's still one hell of an entertaining film, mm-hmm. um, start to fin- In my opinion, from start yeah. to finish, you know, just talk about some of the positives. I think it's nice. I I love how this film starts out. Yeah, it's like opening ten minute action scene, and you get and you know, and I like how Tony's arc from Iron Man three is sort of carried over into this.
1: Mm-hmm. You're
0: know, worried about you know, losing people, losing his you know his new friends. You know, losing Pepper, and he's like, you know, sh- you know, he has that vision that Wanda gives him, and right, you know, grabs Loki's staff, and he's like, ah, oh, shit, here we go, and that's Ultron. So, um, <laughs> you know, there are things that I I find disappointing about this movie. Yeah. One, for me, the, it's really the big thing. As much as I love James Spader as Ultron, he's great. His mm-hmm. progression rushed so much. Yep. Cause one minute he is like this broken down robot, which that scene was great. I love that. I love his opening scene with the Avengers. That was a great yeah. scene. Yeah, really cool um, and creepy. Yeah, really creepy. And after that, five minutes later, oh okay, look, he's in a new body and he's he's ready to go. I'm here to destroy the Avengers. Yep. All right, cool. Yeah,
1: he's he's upgraded. <laughs>
0: yeah, like that was two seconds.
1: Yeah, that was like original iPhone to iPhone 10.
0: <laughs> I love that. That's funny. Um, <laughs> that was good. Um, so yeah, that was that was a bit too much. I, I don't really fault the MCU for this, or the, the not the MCU, but the movie for this. Mm-hmm. Quicksilver was kind of leh. I could have done, I could have been without Quicks. If it was just Wanda, uh, sure. I, I, I've I've really grown into love Elizabeth, Elizabeth Olsen as as Wanda. Mm-hmm. She didn't have the best introduction in this movie, <laughs> especially. I mean, I mean, well, I'm sure we'll get into him we'll again, like talk about if any were Endgame. But where the hell did that accent go? Yeah. Yeah, I was about to say. kind <laughs> Yeah, where where'd where I go, Ben? I I, mean, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> it, uh... I think Foggy was like, you know what, the more you hang out with these American people, we're just gonna pretend like you just you know, your accent just Sure, like yeah. Progressed. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know yeah, what well... Foggy and all of them were thinking, but yeah, because
1: um, she was she, mad she, at, at Tony for uh, destroying her town yeah. and stuff, and then right. just like Ultron drops the covia, she she drops the accent, and uh,
0: yeah, she exactly when she found out what <laughs> Ultron was really made of, she's like, "Oh hi, <laughs> <laughs> what's up?" Totally different person. Um, yeah, but yeah, I think the heart of this film really, Ben, is the team, the mm-hmm. banter, um, the chemistry, the progression of Tony and Cap's relationship. Another thing that kind of bothered me too was Ben. You know, everyone kept blaming Tony for Ultron, deservedly so. Yeah, everyone kind of like let Bruce off the hook. <laughs> like Bruce did help Tony create Ultron. Sure, yeah.
1: <laughs> like let's I don't, not forget that no, he wasn't the main one. No, and I don't think he wanted it to go that
0: far either. But well, I don't think Tony he, did. Did. he did either. Help. Because remember that they showed that montage of them. You know, they were failing multiple multiple times. Because who knows how long they have been working on that. I think it was like a couple, like a week or two, I think. But yeah, I I don't know. That that was like it didn't really bother me. I was just like, all right, you know, Bruce did help him out too. But anyway, um, it's a fun film. The the action sequences are great. I will say to Ben, the third act, while I, it's it's fun, it's entertaining. It does kind of harken back to that first Avengers a little bit, you know, the saving the city and sure, yeah, and robots, but. Mm-hmm. They caught me off. They really caught me off guard for the, really the first eh, second time, really, in the MCU uh, with the death of Quicksilver. Didn't see that comics. I could have swore <laughs> with the Hawkeye. Yeah. Um, yeah, they led you to believe. Yeah, because we, we met Hawkeye's family, so you know it's like, well, that's mm-hmm. it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Which that uh,
1: that was kind of cool too, seeing the, the farmhouse and his family. Oh yeah. so.
0: great neat. down. I love that downtime. That mm-hmm. was a great downtime. Uh, I will say this though. Ben, before I let before I let you go, that circle shot of all the Avengers in battle and that slow motion shot, dude. Oh yeah. chills. And you got Danny Elfman score blasting. Man, yep. that oh man. And it's a movie too, Ben, that I have grown to appreciate more and more every time I watch it. Because that first time like I said, I saw I watched and I was like, I was entertained. Great, you know, fun MCU movie. Had his issues, but I think, especially with you know, with Civil War, and Infinity War, and Endgame, especially, you realize how important Age of Ultron is to the overall story. It's kind of one of the more important films in the MCU because this is kind of where the Avengers have their downfall, or the, right? the, the of start downfall. of it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I I've really grown. To, it's, I, I'm not sure where it ranks my MCU right now, Ben. Mm-hmm. Uh, stay tuned, guys, because that's coming up. But, um, I, I, I would borderline say it's it might not be in my top 10 but it's near the top 10 it actually might be in my top 10 now actually oh interesting um, yeah so yeah what what were your thoughts about age of ultron man what, i mean where was your excitement level and you know your just your thoughts in general about it
1: uh well i was you know semi fresh into the mcu community i guess uh but i that one i was certainly very hyped for that was my first avengers i'd seen in theaters uh and got a group of friends that was actually around uh graduation of high school for me so those were good times and yeah i I enjoyed it a lot I, I don't think it's top 10 for me like it is for you but i do think it is kind of underrated i guess i would say um a lot of people are like you know oh not as good as the second and then of course now we have or not as good as the first and of course now we have infinity war in game but i do think it it has certain uh, parts that are a lot of fun, and character development is, is good. Uh, another scene too was the, I guess right before Ultron uh, announces himself, they're they're trying to lift the hammer, dude, and that's a
0: the, that's a lot of fun. Dude, what, honestly, that's like a top, that's a top ten MCU moment for me. Yeah, is all of them hanging because like that it's just they're not in their costumes, they're not fighting, mm-hmm. they're not fighting each other, they're not bickering. Mm-hmm. It's just them in regular people, clothes, having fun, you know, the drinking, and having a good time. Yep, hanging out. I, yeah, you yeah. know, I wish, I wish we had more of that, and we do in parts, but you know, right. They do have to go save the world from an evil robot. So.
1: Yep, but yeah, yeah, them hanging out, and then it's funny too. Plus, it has that little, uh, you know, wink that we we get fulfilled later that Cap is worthy of wielding uh, meow, meow. What? so uh-huh. <laughs> But we'll talk about that later. Well, I'm sure but yeah. We will. Yeah, Haze Voltron. There you go. We liked it. Yeah.
0: And uh, the post credit scene, it's whatever. Yeah. There's only one. I was disappointed there was only one, but I feel like there was another MCU film that came out this year, which one I'm sure we'll talk about in a little bit, that kind of set the stage up more for Civil War, which well, I'm sure we'll talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, also... Next episode, um but yeah, Age of Ultron. You know, it like you said. I think for me, I think for a lot of people, it probably is the weakest Avengers film. When most people rank just the four Avengers movies, it's probably the weakest of the four. But damn, man, like what Joss Whedon has done with the, with those first two, it's incredible. And I wish, I really, really do wish. This is the one thing because Ben, you know me, I love I love my Russo brothers, man. You know me. I wish they had done something with that Natasha Bruce r- romance, dude. Yeah. Um, they kind of just put that aside and cause I felt like they really did something strong here. Reading did something strong here with their relationship. And then of course, you know, Hulk went off and had his own ventures. And um, so, but you know, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. We can all get what we want. <laughs> so let's move on to, you know, just some other films that came out in May and I am not in May. There we go. Um, so I'm just going to run down through a couple of these, Ben. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do want to try to keep this uh, short. There is one big film that came out in May, which we are going to talk about, but yes. I do, there, are, there is one, one more I want to speak upon real quick, because it is in my top 15 films of all time, and that is Denis Villeneuve's Sicario, which mm-hmm. apparently came out in May, but I, I didn't see it until August. It was, so it, either it was in theaters all summer, and I just didn't see it until August, Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's just got one of those limited release windows, and it just didn't come out to August. But Ben, Denis Villeneuve, he's one of our favorite. He's he's one of our favorite directors. And you know, we did our top ten films list, which you can find out. That was our first episode we did, and I had believe on twenty forty nine in my top ten. Since mm-hmm. that episode, Ben, that has changed because I forgot how much I love Sicario. Wow. Uh, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Sicario is my favorite Denis Villeneuve film. Damn, man. Emily Blunt is terrific. Mm-hmm. You guys know this. I, I'm a big Emily Blunt fan. She's great. But let's, Benicio Del Toro is on another level in this movie, man. He is yeah. he the level in this film. And I'm always a sucker for a good drug cartel movie, and this is probably the best one I've seen. It's, it, you've seen it, right, Ben? Yep. So I wouldn't even call this slow, but it, it is like edge of your seat the entire time. There are slow moments. Sure, but, uh, I mean I'm on the edge of my seat the entire time. Yeah, yeah. it's engaging. Yeah, and that scene, Ben, on the border. Yeah.
1: Woo. <laughs> yep. Woo.
0: That's a. Uh, that might be an all-time that might be an all-time favorite scene for me, man. That that scene is incredible, and uh, Emily Blunt's reaction to the whole situation. Yeah. <laughs> perfectly, acted, uh, perfectly, acted, and one of my favorite actors who people. Many people probably forget he's in, this, he's in this movie. Daniel Kaluuya is in the film. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Her partner, mm-hmm. and uh, he's great too. And yep. of course, uh, the great character supporting actor John Burnthal, you know, is in it. Uh, he's yeah. He's in it but I mean, damn! I mean, he's he's great and everything. Yep. He pops up for like two minutes. Josh Brolin. I mean, Ben, what can he do? You <laughs> know, I feel like you know we all love Josh Brolin, but I feel like he's a bit underrated. No no, I, that's how I feel sometimes when we talk about Josh Brolin. Yeah, good. You know? Mhm. It's not really action heavy. This is more of like a it's a thriller. Um and it's a character it, it's a character piece and it's not really focused on Emily Blunt. This is really when you think about it come the closing credits, this is really Benicio del Toro's movie. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to get into the spoilers, but there's a scene near the end <laughs> that I did not see coming at all. Yeah. And uh, it kind of makes you rethink everything that's been going on this entire movie because most of the time Ben, especially in the beginning, he's kind of laid back. He's got the nice. He's always got these nice suits on, you know. Yeah. And, you know, just you know, composed and so yeah, guys. Sicario, if you haven't seen it, it's it's magnificent. Vill- Villeneuve. I mean, what else can what else can we say about Villeneuve? Anything? I mean, the guy's a master. <laughs> yep. I don't think he's won best director yet at the Academy, has he? No. So, I think he, I, I, I would be surprised if he goes this decade without at least one. I think he's going to take home one this year. I um, hope so. Maybe he could have with Dune, but we'll never know. We'll have to wait till 2022 to find out. Thank you. <laughs> so, yeah, I want, I want to touch on Sicario. Aloha. A film I was really excited for. The trailers were great. That was kind of a piss poor film. Is this your entourage? The movie came out in May. That surprised me. Because so it was a June film. But all right, it came out in May If you haven't seen the show Entourage on HBO I highly recommend you do it especially if you're a film fan It's like right up your alley I, now Ben I think you have seen the show right? Nope Okay so I recommend you do watch the show it's really good uh, It's I, wanna, I believe it's seven seasons long It might be seven or eight But I didn't watch the show Until I saw the trailer for this movie because I, I think I was in uh, watching Mad Max And this trailer was playing <laughs> And I was like god I gotta watch that so I, Ben, I've been this whole show in a week. Whoa. I, yeah, I turned off seeing friends. I didn't do a whole lot that week. I, was, I really was just like, I'm going to finish entourage. Yeah. So I took it a week and, and got to entourage. then the week after the movie came out, and you know my buddy went and saw it, and here's the thing. Here's the thing with entourage real quick. If you are a fan of the show, I think you'll like the movie. If you're not a fan of entourage, it's not going to be for you because it's the exact same thing as a show. So there you have it with entourage. Um, San Andreas, The Rock. I mean, if it wasn't for The Rock, this movie would be forgettable. But The Rock makes it worth it. Uh, and Alexandra Daddario is one of the most beautiful human beings alive, and she's actually not a bad actress either. But this is, I mean, this is your typical kind of 2012 disaster type movie. Uh, thank God it's not two almost two hours and forty minutes like 2012 was. <laughs> this is an hour and fifty. Still a fun movie though. And before we talk about the movie mm-hmm. in May anything you wanted to touch upon
1: yeah there's a few out in
0: inside out from pixar yeah see i was gonna wait till june it says it came out in may but that was a june film also so let's okay. wait till june jurassic world also a june film the lobster we can talk about it okay we can talk about it a little bit
1: so i actually don't know because i uh saw this on amazon prime at a later time but this is Yorgos Lanthimos directed, Colin Farrell and Rachel Weiss. Uh I it's 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 a it's a niche film, probably. I'd say uh, you know kind of kind of slow and a very strange, very strange story. But I thought it was really funny at some parts, and uh, it kept me interested most of the time. Uh, I don't want to give much spoilers, but there's a, a turn of events. Uh, you know, maybe halfway or three quarters of the way through, that maybe started losing my interest. But that that beginning part, it's really uh, interesting. The the setup, and I think it's really funny too. So, but we can we'll move on to the big one now.
0: Yes, yeah, so let's talk about Mad Max Fury Road, the the big film here. Damn, that's all I gotta say, man. Damn, <laughs> I didn't have a lot of hype going with this movie. I'm gonna be honest. Uh, just because I wasn't—I mean, I, we talked about it before on our podcast actually, but I don't think the episode's up yet. But we have talked about Mad Max as a trilogy. I am lukewarm. Quadrilogy. Yeah, quad, quadrilogy now. Yeah. Uh, this is really the first Mad Max movie where I have fallen in love mm-hmm. with with this with these movies. Uh, this movie's spectacular, and. Uh, the title should not be called Mad Max Fury Road. This should be called Charlie Steron is the Baddest Woman Alive. <laughs> um, dude, I mean, I've, I was already in love with Charlie Steron. Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, <laughs> this, this woman has one arm, basically, and she's kicking everyone's ass, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, boy. Um, yeah, she's awesome. I mean, the... the I mean, they actually went out in the desert to shoot most of this movie, which mm-hmm. is, and I, now I've heard there was some behind the scenes stuff between Charlize and Tom. I think most of that was probably because they're in the freaking hot sun <laughs> most of the day yeah. uh, shooting this. So I want to put too much into that behind the scenes drama stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is a gritty, fun act. I mean, this is the definition of an action movie. Yes. Because there really is no plot to this movie. There is a little bit, I mean, you know, trying to get these girls to the thing, and then and they all wait. They got to go back to the thing, and, you know, <laughs> oh, oh, mm-hmm. water. Here we go. There's water. And, you know, Max is trying to fight his own demons and stuff. Mm-hmm. But this – it's all about the action, man. It's all about the action. Yep. Uh, and actually, one of my favorites is that night scene. Yeah. Uh, that 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 scene, I think, goes unnoticed because, I mean, the rest of the movie is just so bombastically great. Mm-hmm. But uh, that, that night scene with the sniper, dude, I love that scene so much. Yeah. You know, the villain was kind of – I'm not going to lie. The villain was a little too Saturday morning cartoony for me, but it fit the movie. It- sure, yeah. It was cool, too, how it was the actor from the original movie also. Yeah, and uh, we are going to talk about spoilers for a quick second, but <laughs> – that death scene was brutal, dude. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> His I was I remember Whoa. my whole theatre was like oh <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, this is a lot of fun, man. And uh I'm I'm sure we'll talk more about it you know at the end of the episode, but I wanna I wanna let you talk upon it a little bit before we move on to some June films.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh I echo the same sentiments. It's a beautiful movie as well as a incredible action packed film. Um I actually saw this on the day of my high school graduation, you know, had the ceremony in the morning and then took a few pictures and stuff and went back home and then just kind of sat down My brother's like, want to see a movie? I was like, yeah. So we, we went, and I actually hadn't seen the first three before this. Um, but I think I looked it up real quick and it was like, yeah, you don't need to, you know, there's no continuing story. So I was like, all right, cool. And we were both blown away. Still glad I saw that in a theater. Uh, you know, for the first time. And yeah, it's just, it's awesome. <laughs> it's a lot of fun.
0: And uh shout out to um, Tom Holkenborg and Junkie XL. They did the score for the film. The score is great. Um, and shout out to, to, I believe uh, Nicholas Holt, I believe uh, he. Yes. Was really good. Also in this movie, he was. Really, yeah. Next. Really good. Yep. So yeah, that's, that was, that's me guys. That was me. hmm Let's 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 rush through some June films real quick because there wasn't a whole lot in June to really be impressed with this, except for one film. Yeah, uh, Ted Two. Yeah, I like like you know I've said it before Ben I love that first Ted it's in my top ten comedies of all time. This one is entertaining enough. I still own it, but you know, this was another kind of ex- perfect example of Seth MacFarlane's run. You know, having uh, what's his name? Um, not Paul Feig. Judd Apatow disease of throwing <laughs> this, going, the, the runtime was a bit too long. Yeah. Yeah. So f- a few of these came out in July. I don't know why. All right. Thanks, Wikipedia. But um, yeah, let's just talk about Inside Out in June. That's really the only film we're talking about in June. Pixar was kind of going through a rough patch bend for a little bit. And then comes along this little animated film, mm-hmm. Inside Out, a Pixar original. No more, not a sequel. Yeah. Even- of any kind, not a prequel. Looking at you, University, dude. This movie made me cry my eyes out. I was, I was, I was bawling by the time this movie was over. And I saw some. I took my sister to see this. She doesn't take. She's tougher than I am when it comes to crying and stuff. Yeah, uh, I was. She was fine. I was like, Yeah, I'm good, Ryan. I'm good. <laughs> good. Yep, I'm, I'm okay. But you, you can definitely hear even the little kids. You, you heard you, throughout the theater. You could hear. I mean, yeah this Sniffles. movie tugs at the heartstrings, dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's—I think it's honestly—if it wasn't for Toy Story Four, this might be Pixar's most beautifully, beautifully uh, animated. That guy sounds wrong. It's one of Pixar's best-looking films. Yeah, I mean, it's a beautiful film to look at, and the voice acting is incredible. Mm-hmm. And the last ten minutes are, like I said, they tug at your heartstrings. Ben, what is it with Pixar? It's either they get you in the first 10 minutes or they get you in the last 10 minutes. It's <laughs> with them. I mean, it's never in the middle. The middle is always <laughs> of you know, joy and fun. Yep. It's always the first 10 or the last 10. Like, all right, <laughs> so we, got, we got these suckers now. So, um, you want to talk about Inside Out for a second, Ben? Yeah, uh, this
1: one I actually missed in theaters, uh, which I feel like if I did see it in theaters, it would have more uh, impact, I guess, more and more lasting. Uh, for me, but I I did see it uh, last year, I guess, and I liked it a lot. Of course, I've been I've been built up and built up for it, uh, but I I obviously still did enjoy it. Um, Bing Bong, the little little pink elephant oh, thing.
0: no no, we're not. no, no we're not okay. doing that, man. Not, okay, no. No, <laughs> I'm not ready for that. No. That was, well,
1: I guess we agree that that was that was one of the most. Uh, emotional cool. moments um or you know scenes with, with him.
0: That, that last line of take route take her to the moon for me.
1: Dude! Yeah. <laughs> yep. That that definitely got to me. Oh, um, it, there I have other Pixar movies that I, I like better and I like more, but um I'm I'm not gonna say this one's overrated really. Um,
0: oh, no, it's not. Uh, if anything it's underrated, this film deserves more attention.
1: Oh I feel like I've seen it talked about it a lot but uh, maybe maybe that's just me. Um, well, I
0: think part of it too, Ben, is the fact that before this, before before this, before Inside Out, we were kind of in a rough patch, and so I think it was kind of nice to see.
1: Oh yeah, like a bit
0: to the roots mm-hmm. um, of an original, you know, one-time film. Now, yeah, I, actually, if anything, I wouldn't mind seeing a sequel to Inside Out. Honestly, yeah. I would. I think this is one of those movies where you should do a sequel. Not should, but you can do a sequel. Yeah. Um, I don't think they will. But, you know, it did take 14 years to make The Incredibles too, so, you know, we never know. Um, <laughs> yeah, true. So, yeah, that's Inside Out. I don't think it got an honor for Best Picture, but I, it should have. Yes, yeah, so let's get to July. Then, again, I don't to talk about in July, really. Well, I take that back. There's three that I can think of that I see here that I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just going to get to the crap first. Uh, Terminator Genesis, <laughs> another another really, really bad Terminator film. Oh oh also in June, I did want to mention Jurassic World came out, the return of Jurassic Park, and uh a lot of fun. So went with the fam. Uh it was great see dinosaurs eat each other and Chris Pratt, you know, hanging out with dinosaurs. But other than that, it's kind of uh it's kind of what it's kind of what a, a whatever film to hmm. me. Okay. Um but I'm not gonna lie, I had a lot of fun in the theater watching that mm-hmm. with my family because we went on a Saturday afternoon and uh, we went out to lunch beforehand, and then we went and saw this and packed house at the uh, Adobe Cinema at our local mm-hmm. AMC, and, God, man, it was a blast. It was a blast to watch, and, um, you know, a lot, you know, seeing the audience react, or not seeing, but hearing the audience kind of react to all the different, you know, kills and the dinosaurs and stuff. It, it yeah. was fun. It was fun. And I think, too, been just having that return of Jurassic Park also. Yep. <laughs> Let's not forget, guys. This film did make over two hundred million dollars opening weekend. Oh yes, which surprised the heck out of me. <laughs> um, but you know, after seeing that, dude, that AMC when I went to that AMC that Saturday, I was like, you would have thought you were going to see an Avengers movie. <laughs> and that yeah.
1: mm-hmm.
0: I was like, well, shit, damn, it Avengers like re-release or something? Where, where am I at? Uh, no Jurassic World and hey, you know what? Dinosaurs killing people, all good. So, mm-hmm.
1: um, yeah, same thing. I, I liked seeing it in theaters a lot. Uh, it was a lot of fun, and yeah, I, I like Chris Pratt a lot. Um, always giving Bryce Dallas Howard some love, son of uh, or <laughs> daughter of Ron Howard. Um, oh, you mean the girl in the high heels running
0: away from dinosaurs? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. They, I think they gave her a, a little better uh, treatment in the second one, but um, oh, but yeah, I,
0: definitely
1: I, did. <laughs> definitely. I, I like her a lot. Uh, of course, my buddy Jake Johnson. And Vincent D'Onofrio can't go wrong there, but anyway, um yeah, I think it. I think it's fun. Yeah, I yeah, I understand criticism. It's not the best movie. It's not the best story either. Uh You'd think they'd, no, they they would have learned not to try a theme park with dinosaurs again. Sure, but sure. but there's I think there's some cool there's some cool stuff in there and shout out to Starbucks. Starbucks was all over Jurassic World, man. Yeah, like, true. Damn, and uh, <laughs> little little Jimmy Buffett Margaritaville. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. And shout yeah. out to uh, whoever made Bryce Dallas Howard shoes, because I mean she was running them high heels. Yeah. <laughs> yep. All right. Yes, yeah, so July, we're not really going to talk about the stinkers, Ben, for time's sake. So let's just talk about um, the film that I was most impressed with, and that was Ant Man. Um, oh. Yeah, Ant-Man surprised the heck out of me because, uh, one, I mean, Ant-Man, you know, me reading the comics. I, was, I wasn't I was the biggest fan of Ant-Man reading the comics. I'm not a comic book guy. I was sort of like, eh, eh big screen. And, you know, we had Edgar Wright, and now he's not going to do it. And, you know, uh, Peyton Reed, and what? Eh, eh, eh. Okay, I was, after the first ten minutes, I was, all right, cool. Good, I'm I'm hooked. I'm in. Paul Rudd's my Ant Man. I'm in. Mm-hmm. That movie's hilarious. Yep. And uh, Ben, you know, we like to talk about you know great uh, character actors and great scene stealers. Let's give a round of applause to Michael Pena because <laughs> that man yes. stole every single scene he was in. Yep. And um, honestly, Ben, I think he I think he's even better in Ant Man and the Wasp, which we'll talk about when we get to 2018. <laughs> but he had some scenes in this movie, man, where I was, Oh, man, I was, I was dying, dude. Yep. And his little scene towards, at the end of the film when he's, he's – literally all he has to do is tell Scott, hey, the Avengers are looking for you. But he has to go into this <laughs> whole story. Yep. No, <laughs> you know, about everything. And we finally got that Stan Lee cameo at the end. I was like, you know. Uh, but what I like most about this film, Ben, is how self-contained it is. I mean, you would if you're watching mm-hmm. this, you wouldn't think this is part of the MCU. I mean, it's really self-contained. It's so lighthearted, you know. It's a breath of fresh air after Age of Ultron, the heaviness of Ultron, and right. um, you know. I, I, now I will say this: Evangeline Lily is much better in Ant-Man two than she is here. Oh, sure. But that was designed on purpose. Yeah. Uh, this was clearly about Scott, Scott and Cassie. Really, you know, Scott Scott Cassie and his family, and it's 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 a great family film. And I gotta say, man. Two of the best post-credits scenes in the MCU came from this movie. Oh. Um, one that the the Wasp little hint at in and the, and the mid credit scene. Yeah. And then the Civil War attack at the end. That got my whole theater hive. It was like, oh. oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, um, you know, I, uh, yeah, I enjoyed this movie. I saw it uh, three times in theaters. You know, right. once with my, once a buddy of mine. Uh, uh, shout out to my buddy Trent, who wasn't the biggest fan of the movie, but um, you know, that was alright. Uh, took my sister, and I went back by myself to go watch it again. Um, this is actually a really cool film to see on IMAX, man. Mm-hmm. A really, really cool film to see on IMAX. Mm-hmm. I got a chance to see it on IMAX before they took it away. But, um, yeah. So that's one. Ant-Man. Uh, second film I want to talk about, July, is one of Ben's favorites, and I'm going to turn it over to him. And that would be Mission Impossible, Rogue Nation. So, Ben take it away sweet yes ghost protocol
1: was fun it was cool it was a new uh you know bringing us back into the franchise and then rogue nation strolls along and i loved it it was so cool um all the all the stunts you know i remember hearing about the tom cruise hanging off the side of a airplane i was like what and um we get the appearance of rebecca ferguson who she kicks ass too? Uh, talking about the Theron earlier. Um, Ferguson's up there is one of my favorites as well. You get a little Alec Baldwin. Um, he's you know he's he's pretty good, but uh, oh, he gets his
0: justice in Fallout.
1: So it, yeah, he,
0: yeah. Fall
1: um And the the villain here was pretty pretty cool too. He's he's very quiet, but uh, I think he he serves the purpose well. Uh, and it's kind of cool too. You're you're kind of guessing. Maybe not who it is, but like you know what he's up to, I guess.
0: Um, no, but I always like to say like the best villains are the ones that aren't a
1: physical match for
0: Ethan. Yeah. But the mental, it's always that mental edge that they have.
1: Yep. For Ethan. Yep. And and he's he's definitely there. Yeah. All the all the action, the the chase scenes, and everything are cool. The music's great, uh, and the the ending too. It's not, you know, it's a really cool chase scene, but it's not like huge and bombastic. It it you know i don't want to give it away if people haven't seen it but it's it's kind of a little quieter moment but it's real not creepy but it's it's like real intense <laughs> and yeah. uh and and seeing you know what the villain goes through it's really really cool so let me ask i've said you this, buddy i've said cool a lot but that's that's what i think yeah, yeah.
0: let me ask you this cuz I, I, to me when i was watching it um it felt like the way they handled the villain here mm-hmm. i mean it's no spoilers guys that he comes back and fall out um yeah that's not really a spoiler but to me it felt like they were setting him up for something even bigger in the next one
1: Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: because usually you know before that in previous Mission Impossible films they'll either just well you know I don't want to spoil what happens to other villains in past Mission Impossible movies but you know yeah he's probably he's my second favorite villain like my all-time favorite Mission Impossible villain is still Philip Seymour Hoffman in three right Um, because, dude, that I mean, that, that performance he gave was just—I <laughs> mean, next level for a mission for a Mission Impossible film. Plus, yeah, I mean, Philip Seymour Hoffman. So, I mean, great and everything.
1: Where's the rabbit's foot?
0: Right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> dude, I, dude. We still don't even know what the rabbit's foot is. But anyway, um, <laughs> I mean, they start that movie out with him hanging on the side of a plane. So I'm sitting yeah. in the theater, okay. What's the re- what? What what else is gonna happen in these two hours? This is just a fun movie, man. This is like this is really like an old school. Spy movie, old yep. school, throwback espionage, Um harkening back to those old school spy movies in the eighties, nineties, whatever you know. But that underwater scene is intense. Um, you know, yeah, the, right, you know, right. Put the chip in the thing, get the other chip and put it in the other thing, and mm-hmm. um, the motorcycle chase scene. Literally five seconds after that scene was great. I, I still love that scene. Yep. And I gotta say, man, in terms of what female badasses. It's mm-hmm. Charlie's. there's Emily Blunt, mm-hmm. there's Scarlett, then you can put mm-hmm. Rebecca up there, man. You can put Rebecca up there. I mean, because she, she made a name for herself in this movie. I was really impressed with her. Yep. Uh, and it was, you know, she, she. I want to say subtle, but she had like this, you know, nice little badass sexiness to her and don't piss her off because she will kill you with her pinky. <laughs> <Okay>. Yep,
1: <laughs> for sure. Uh,
0: and it's, you know, I love, I, I'm, I'm happy Ving Rhames got to come back and have a bigger role mm-hmm. in this film too. because so I missed him in Ghost Protocol because mm-hmm. he really is like Ethan's father in these movies. Um, you know, it's kind of like his, his voice of reason. Yeah. You know, always for Ethan. And it's always great seeing Simon Pegg and <laughs> Jeremy Runner. man. I tell you, <laughs> I don't know what it, what it is, what it is with him, but I, you know, I guess because he was shooting Ultron, he probably couldn't have a big role in, in Rogue Nation. Yeah. Uh, we both did come out this year, but <laughs> we talk about that first Avengers movie. He gets you know brainwashed, and then he gets a bigger part in Ultron. And then here, Mission Impossible: Ghost Protocol, he's got a big part. And then in Rogue Nation, he's basically in a suit and 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 uh, government meetings. Yeah, movie. Except for you know in the second and third acts, where he rejoins the team and everything. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, man, I, Ethan. I mean, not Ethan. I'm about to call it Tom Cruise? Ethan Hunt? Tom Cruise. <laughs> He continues to impress me, man, at his age. Mm-hmm. And you know, we've already been—you know—I've already said before what our favorite action movie of all time is, and we'll get to that in come another year. But um, God, man, I, I, these movies just continually get better and better now. Relationships yeah. are is fourth favorite, but really, my—I I love all the *Mission Impossible* films except for two. That's it. *Mission Impossible* two, I can't stand. But other than that, I love all of them. Mm-hmm. uh and this is this one's no exception.
1: I wanted to talk about for you
0: oh yeah. just ro- yeah, right. real quick
1: real quick july um uh end of the tour from a twenty four is very underrated jason siegel Jesse Eisenberg, based on a true story, a reporter following an author of a of a book and it's uh but it's a it's a pretty good little film they have a good banter between the two leads and then I know we said we weren't going to talk about crap, but Joe dirt two beautiful loser, I think. Jesus is <laughs> it, it, it went straight to crackle, if you remember them, not a sponsor, but uh God no please not a sponsor. <laughs> I, I actually I like David Spade a lot, so I like the first movie, and and this one definitely goes goes crazy. But uh, I think it's it's kind of it's kind of funny. It's got some uh, some cool, a couple of cool scenes and some fun little cameos. But anyway, we won't spend time on that. And then the last one, the gift, which I definitely recommend. If you have not seen that to, to any of the listeners, Joel yeah. Edgerton uh, directed and uh, stars in it alongside Jason Bateman and Rebecca Hall, and it's a it's a little little thriller, little hometown small thriller, but it's it's really good and had me on the edge of the seat
0: the whole time. One of the most underappreciated films of all time is the Game. yes, indeed, no one has seen it, and don't lie because you probably haven't. But I remember <laughs> seeing this in theaters. I actually saw it with my mom, and uh, oh, cool one of the last films we saw before i went back to school and dude this film so good, mm-hmm. so
1: good. i actually saw this uh on campus uh oh, nice. so so that was cool seeing it with the with the friends and stuff when we were all yeah <laughs> surprised at all the turns and everything so yeah
0: and that dude that ending man that ending yeah messed me up dude I'm not gonna lie i moved that ending messed me up yep uh shout out to vacation The seventh movie in the franchise for being (laughs) a bag of crap. (laughs) That was a waste of my time, a waste of my money. So thank you very much, Vacation. God, you were terrible. (laughs) Um, and shout out to Southpaw. Great little boxing movie that got overshadowed by another great boxing movie that came out in 2015 in Creed. I mean, if you love Jake Gyllenhaal, go see this. Go see this freaking movie. Movie's great. So, well, I don't want to say. If you haven't seen Southpaw, don't watch trailers, because they mm-hmm. give away a lot in the trailers, and it's something. And it's it's one of those things where I get why they did it, but they shouldn't have done it. So yeah, if if just take me and Ben's work, works. I think Ben, you you have seen Southpaw, right? Not yet. Okay, but you have seen the trailer though, right? Uh yeah yeah I remember seeing it. I wish I could have told you like don't watch <laughs> trailer for Southpaw, <softball> <laughs> it gives a lot away. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Great little film, and it has one of my favorite actors, uh, Forrest Whitaker, who can, that man can do no wrong either. Yeah, great little box office film. Go check it out. So let's end this on a positive note. In August, there's only one film in here I really want to talk about because it's only the only film worth mentioning. Okay. Hmm. Um, I do want to give a quick shout out to uh, We Are Your Friends. Now, if you like EDM music, this is kind of the movie for you. You know this, you know techno kind of music. DJ kind of stuff. This is kind of the movie for you. It stars Zac Efron, Emily um, uh, and Wes Bentley. It's a solid little drama. I, I guess you would probably categorize as it. a drama. Um, it got shit reviews, and I understand why, but I tend to enjoy, I actually enjoyed it quite a bit. And I, I do. I love the soundtrack too, but that's because I'm an EDM guy. So if you, if you like EDM, you like Zach Efron, I recommend checking it out. Zac Efron's not as bad as an actor as you would think he is. Zac Efron is actually a very good actor. Mm-hmm. I just think he gets a bad rap, yeah, um, because of his you know because his Disney Channel days and whatever. But yeah. he's actually a really competent actor. And if you guys haven't seen films like Neighbors, go watch Neighbors. He's really good in those movies. And check out some of his dramas too because they're great. Uh, but for me, the only film I want I really want to talk about Ben because it's a film that hit me. I want to say really really hard but just because i love nwa straight out of compton damn dude this movie is 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 absolute. it's brilliant it's brilliant uh especially the first two acts are just they're perfect and the third act kind of the film kind of drags on a little bit in the third act but i i enjoyed the third act it, it's the weakest of the of, of the film though the first two acts are so so strong and all performances are great especially ice cube son or Shea jackson God, I mean, he and he—he he really, really became his father in that movie. You guys don't know, O'Shea Jackson is Ice Cube's son. And shout out to Jason Mitchell and Corey Hawkins also uh, for playing at EZE and, and Dr. Dre. Really, really strong movie from Universal. And F. Gary Gray needs some more love um, for what he did with this movie. And the concert scenes are great; they really get you in the mood. And it's—it's it's the performances that are really sell you on this movie. It is a long, it's a long biopic. It's two and a half hours. Um, I actually – and I have – I just got the extended cut on the Google Play Store. And wow. so I'm probably going to try to check it out this this weekend. Uh, I'm not too busy watching football. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to watching that extended cut. But, yeah, yeah, guys, if you haven't seen of Compton, do yourselves a favor. Go watch Shredda Compton. I actually had a date night uh, with this Ben. Um, I went back to school, mm. and uh, I, I took her to see it, and she <laughs> – it was, I'll have to tell you this, the, the story off screen. <laughs> it's a, it's a really funny story, but she okay. um, really enjoyed it because she wasn't even a rap person, but she enjoyed the performances. So it was my second time seeing it. I saw it before I went back to school, but um, I wanted to see it again. I want to take her to see it. You know, just to, if you want to get cultured, Straight Out of Compton a movie for you. And I don't know if you had, if you had a chance to see Straight Out of Compton, but if you haven't, is there any other movie on here you want to talk about that's not named Fantastic Four?
1: sure um yeah compton i I haven't seen yet i'm not big on on the rap scene myself but uh i am still interested to see the movie of course for me uh quickly talk about the man from uncle henry cavill army hammer alicia vikander Uh, another fun little spy movie based off a tv show (laughs) as well uh but obviously mission impossible is the the bigger one and it's got some fun little twists and turns and and cool locations and stuff yeah. so it's okay. And then No Escape. Now this is Owen Wilson in an action thriller movie, which I know does not sound good, but I liked it a lot. <laughs> him Him and Lake Bell star in it and you get Pierce Brosnan coming back with the uh, you know, a little action movie, but it's, um, yeah, yeah well, it was better than, better than I expected. Uh, I didn't see it in theaters. My brother and I watched it uh, on demand a couple years ago, I guess. But uh, it takes you, it takes you for some thrills, and I was, I was holding my breath a couple scenes. So I'd recommend that one.
0: Um, it took a while to get going for me. Um, but once, yeah. it, once it gets going, man, it's intense. Yep. It is intense. Yeah, because I, I remember seeing the previews for this too. and I was like, oh, and Wilson in an action movie? Eh. Right. I mean, and you don't hear Lake Bell's name often anymore these days. And it was great to see her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, Pierce Brosnan, of course. Uh, yep. Yeah, I got to go back and revisit this. It's been a while. I've only watched it once. I got to go back and revisit it. Mm-hmm. Same. So, Ben, let's go ahead and give the people our favorite and least favorite movie. I'm going to go ahead and say my least favorite first. That's Fantastic Four, came out in August, and I didn't mention it when we we're talking about our August films because I wanted to save it for this. Uh, it, for all those who want to blame Josh Trank for this movie, you shouldn't. You got to, you guys, please do your research on this film, and because uh, this band got screwed over, this is this is the definition of studio interference. Because Ben, those trailers made this look like it was going to start the next great trilogy. <laughs> I mean, yeah this dark, gritty turn for the Fantastic Four. And Ben, how do you have a terrible movie with this cast? Kate Mara, Michael B. Jordan, Miles Teller, Jamie Bell, Toby Kebbell. How do you mess that up? I don't know. Someone please tell me, how do you mess that up? You know what, Ben? Actually, the first 30 minutes, I was on board. I was like, you know what? Okay, it's not perfect or anything, but I'm on board. The character stuff is cool, and I'm, I'm digging it. Once they came back from their mission and they got their powers, that's that's it, man. I, I mean, God, what a mess. I mean, this Ben, this you want to talk about a train wreck of a film? It's fantastic for it. And I feel bad for Trank because Trank really hasn't recovered from this film, dude. He hasn't. Yeah. Um, he, he made Chronicle, and that, that movie was so, so good. And then he did this, and we were all so excited cause, cause, because of Chronicle and because of the cast and Simon Kinberg writing – so you think, okay, Ben, I don't know, it's really Fox? So you're, gonna, you're not going to interfere with any of the Brian Singer X Men films, but you're going to go ahead and meddle in this. I trust Josh Trank more than I trust Brian Singer as a director. Just because of what Josh Trank did with Chronicle, because I, I, I love Chronicle so much. Mm-hmm. You know, Brian Singer had his. Now, I'm not, I'm not talking about his personal life, because we all know what his personal life is like. I'm just talking about him as a director. <laughs> you know. He's made some great films, and he was made, he's made some not-so-great accident films. But going back to Josh Shrink, dude, all I got to say is thank, thank God this is back with, with Kevin Feige and Disney and the MCU now. Let's hope they – first of all, I'm still so holding out hope we get Krasinski and Blunt as Mr. Mm-hmm. Fintat, Mr. and Mrs. Fantastic. Please, please make that happen. Yeah. Um, but if not, you know, I trust Kevin Feige with his decisions, so whatever's best is best when it comes to the MCU. Uh, so that's my that's my least favorite film. Bang, what what is your least favorite?
1: Uh, well, as I have not seen Stick yet, um, and I'm really, yeah, I, I would have to force myself to watch it at this point. Um, Who's going on? I'm going with one that I did not mention earlier as well from August Sinister 2. Um, I'm not a big horror fan, but the the first one from Scott Derrickson, I was like, oh, okay, yeah. That was, that was pretty good. Uh, freaked me out. Oh. Um, yeah. yeah yeah solid movie uh, and then Sinister 2 I watched with some friends and it was it was not good it was rather stupid oh, and
0: no, no 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 call it what it is movie shit movie shit yeah yeah, yeah. it's poo poo so that's my least favorite um, now as far as my favorite goes look that summer was fantastic it got great films all around Age of Ultron like I said I have loved the more and more I watch it Straight Outta Compton is fantastic Mad Max Fury Road is great but it's it's, it's Sicario it, it is it is Sicario. That is the film. That it wasn't my favorite film of 2015. That will always belong to Sleeping with Other People. Film you should all go see. Don't listen to Ben's review on his page. <laughs> but um, yeah, Sicario for me, man. Denis Villeneuve, Beautiful. Direct- oh, and by the way, Ben, we need to mention. Holy shit, Roger Deakins. The uh, good yes. lord, this film is beautiful. <laughs> hey, oh <yes>. my god. <laughs> Dude, I kind of want to go back. I, ho- I hope they, they'll probably never have it, but I kind of want to go back and see this in theaters just so I can look at it like an Adobe Cinema or an IMAX screen or something. Mm-hmm. Dude, it's beautiful to look at. Yeah, I uh,
1: even, the other day I was driving and the, the sun was setting and it was, you know, that purplish blue and I was like, wow, that reminds me of Sicario. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's crazy.
0: Dude, I, good? yeah, he's great. So yes, for me, my favorite Sicario, least favorite, Van Borsenck. Uh Ben, what is your favorite film from that summer?
1: Uh, favorite one that, that gets to me that I never mind rewatching. That's got to be Mission Impossible: Rogue Nation. I'm big on spy films. Love me some some action and Tom Cruise um, and the the whole cast. Honestly, so yeah, that's that's my favorite.
0: All right, well, guys, that that wraps up for 2015, and to give you a little sneak peek what's coming in 2016. <laughs> There's only one film worth talking about in 2016. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But, you know, I can't wait because I'm – I'm just not even going to say anything else. No, no stink feeding because there's only one film worth mentioning. If you don't know what I'm talking about, just go on Wikipedia and find it. And you'll be like, oh, okay, I know what to look, to look forward to. So, Ben, anything in 2016 without naming the film that you want to give a little – are you you're looking forward to talking about? Um, I have not pulled
1: up the list yet, so let's just stick with your little preview.
0: All right, yeah. Um, so, guys, that'll do it. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another one of our summer retrospectives. Um, Please go back and listen to our others if you haven't, or just please go back and listen to any of our episodes, really. For Ben, for myself, uh, Roderick, thank you guys so much uh, once again, and look forward to our 2016 retrospective. And until next time, guys, there are no strings on us. Bye-bye.